Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. Well, they work. Yep. <laughs> I was just thinking about uh, when we chatted with Topher Grace and he was talking about getting his friend to check the back of his head. Yeah. For magma. Yeah. For lava. For lava. Yeah. I was Because like the back of my head feels a little funny right now. And I was like, oh yeah, these edibles work. Yeah. Thanks, John. Thank you. I mean, we, we will get to our guest this week, John, and his not only um, book called Baked, but how I am baked because of his cookies he bakes. Yep. In a bit. They work. <laughs> <laughs> I was also thinking, like, cookies are the only acceptable time to enjoy milk. What? Yeah. Like uh, real milk. Yep. I would never, because I think even even though I haven't had cereal in years, which is its own problem, um, I would oat milk it or I would almond milk my cereal at this point. Like, I don't think I would even go into real milk for cereal, but with a cookie? Yeah. Real milk all day, every day. Yep, I think you're right. I have no pushback on that. No cool. notes. No notes. Yep. Sweet. No oats. <laughs> no. <laughs> Milk only. <laughs> what up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Great. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everyone. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Culture. Cooking. Calling shit out. And? Cookies. 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 Books chocolate about cookies. chip cookies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's your favorite chocolate chip? Like brand, you mean? Well, do you like a chunk or a chip? Oh, I like a chip. Yeah. Really? Yeah, mm. these are chips. Yep. Yeah. I like a chip. I like a Toll House classic. I like a Ghirardelli. Um, I don't like the kind of cheap chips because they don't have the right melt. And I feel like the chips in this particular cookie had a perfect melt. Yeah. I've I've skimped on my chocolate chips a, cu a couple times oh. at the grocery store. Yeah. Fucking bummer. Yep. It's it can always be a bummer. A bummer. Yeah. Yep. Uh, also, the um, I don't know what it is about like generic candy from like Whole Foods and Trader Joe's, but those Starbursts fucking suck. I was just going to say, <laughs> don't skimp on those either, man. Those things are weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You can't skimp on like delicious treats. You should just like lean into exactly what you want. Yeah. Don't get an off-brand Twix. What are you trying to do? <laughs> What's it called? I don't um Twix. Walks. <laughs> I don't know. You are high. I'm stoned. Yeah. Yeah. I feel good. You do? Yeah. It's been a minute since we've seen each other. How are you doing? I'm okay. I sound crazy. I think I have like wicked allergies right now, but um, I'm, you know, I'm chill. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote down pollen is the cocaine of nature. Right. Earlier this week. Yeah, you think those bees are like loading up their little sacks full of cocaine? Mm -hmm. Full of like home? delicious little pollen lines for, you know, people to sniff and snuff. <laughs> I do like stopping to examine when bees have their sacks full and like they're sacked up to go home for the night, you know? Like after a job well done for the day? Yeah, and you're like, hey, bee, are you heading home all sacked up? Good for you. <laughs> you did a good day's work. Now you can go home and everyone will be real proud. Oh, I bet that feels so good when you land in the hive. Yeah, like a happy homecoming and everyone's like, you did it. Look at those sacks. <laughs> <laughs> He's got fat sacks. <laughs> the queen is like beckoning that worker over mm -hmm. with those big fat sacks and strutting through the rest of the bees. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Get over here. <laughs> In a little, I, I keep picturing their pants falling down as they're walking. Their bee pants? Their bee pants filled mm -hmm. with sacks, like their cargo sacks. They're totally. just like <laughs> a little bit of a sag in the strut. Just dragging them down. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think they get it out? You think they empty it on a tiny table? Mm. 
Yeah, probably. Probably. They probably walk right up and they just like push the pocket full and then they like scoop it all forward onto a table. That's exactly. Awesome. And then there's someone on the other side of the table, like a different bee mm-hmm. who has a different job. If I was a hamster, this is weird, but if I was a hamster and I saw a bee, I'd be like, man, I wish that I didn't have to do this with my mouth and it was on my legs instead. Yeah, totally. I can see that. Yeah, I knew it was weird, but I just, you know, I'm just thinking. And now I'm just thinking of a hamster with like a bunch of mouths all over its legs because I'm high. And I immediately pictured that. And I was like, gross. (laughs) That is gross. A hamster with like a hundred mouths. Ew. It's terrifying. Ew. Yeah. Sorry. Blade shit. (laughs) I know. That's what I saw in my head. And I was like, whoa. Anyway, I shouldn't have brought it up. I knew we should have stuck on bees. (laughs) Much better than a hamster fucking left turn. I can talk about bees all day. Yeah. Are you going to get that tattoo, you think? A bee tattoo? Yeah. I thought about it and I have decided against it. I'm going to get a different tattoo. Yeah? Mm-hmm. All right. I don't want to hear, but if you want somebody to go with, I'll go with you to get a tattoo and maybe I'll get a new one as well. Really? I've been what thinking, are you thinking about it. I don't know, but I'm I'm in the mood for a little bit of pain in my life, mm-hmm. like some permanent pain. And um, I'm, I don't want to do piercings anymore, but I, I'd like... I'd like something newly permanent on my body. I'm having that itch. Okay. And also I missed how the needle feels. Wow. Yeah, for sure. The, if something when I think if something's going to be permanent that you believe in and you pay money for like a tattoo, I think that pain is actually important to it. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's why it's like, you know, ritualized, right? Absolutely. Mark just scratched his arm uncomfortably. <laughs> Shout out Top Tree Studio. Mark, he just scratched his arm like, oh, dear God, well. I would never get a tattoo. <laughs> Yeah, here we are, high above the Sunset Strip at Top Tree. I don't know what I want. Maybe something with comedy. Maybe that's too on the, you know, nose. You should just get the masks, the comedy and tragedy masks. But both of them be comedy because it's way more. Oh, that would be so creepy. If I met some dude who had the like comedy and tragedy, but it was both comedy, I would be like, red fucking flag. Run. Hi, my name is Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, Nice to meet you. Yikes. Yeah, I think you're right. That is a monster red flag. There are a few tattoos that just now are just straight up red flags that were so cool at one time. And now you see them and you're like, oh, my God, a tribal band or whatever the fuck, you know. Tribal band is the exact one I just thought of. I feel Mm -hmm. like that is the universal. And I Nickelback is such an easy joke. It shouldn't even be a joke. But that is like the Nickelback of the tattoo hack joke. I can't believe you did that community. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to piss anyone off out there who has a tribal band, but... Fuck that. They're (laughs) stupid. They look stupid. I, you know, I'm sure there are cool ones. (laughs) I'm not out here to defend them. I just... You don't want to be unkind to everyone. I don't want to be unkind to someone who has that inked on their skin. You know what I'm saying? I get that. Like, if I had a tramp stamp and people were making fun of tramp stamps, that would make me feel bad. Yeah. Okay. But I'm still (laughs) going to stand by it. They look terrible. (laughs) heard i can't do it a tribal is a really good one for yeah. me yeah yeah i like and also you... the the like lower hip tattoos on men and women on women when it was like the low-rise jeans era and everyone was getting like those low-rise tattoos oh i don't know if i saw it like a violin like a carving in a cello like yeah. the holes in a cello coming out of the hip bone area just in the, the you know your hip bones yeah i don't know if i've seen that hmm. a lot it, it was that as popular as a tramp stamp Probably not. No. Same era? I just have bad memories of low-rise jeans and the bad tattoos that went along with them. Low-rise jeans were so intimidating to me. They were terrible. I was going through puberty and it was too much. I short-circuited. Low-rise jeans short-circuited my fucking tender pubescent brain. In what way? Because it was so sexy? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. On everyone. Everywhere. And I just don't think I made eye contact for years. 
It was crazy how hot they were. Yeah, those jeans were not good for anyone because the girls who were wearing them were probably like trying to be way too hot. I don't know. I just like wish they didn't feel like they had to try to be hot. How do you mean? At that age. Like I remember when I was a teenage girl and all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm not supposed to like do certain things and dress a certain way. And I just remember that pressure. And I felt like those jeans were like the apex of that pressure. It was like, you know, dressing up your little bod to look super fucking smoking hot yeah. at a young age is just an interesting experience. Does it, can I ask you more about it? This is like sure. a cool conversation. Does it, is there a, I'm, I'm a woman type of feeling from it or is it, a, there's a pressure to be a woman in this clothing? Like, or is the pressure about like, oh, I'm dudes, are, I want dudes to like, like what is the pressure? Um, to get attention. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> Doesn't matter what kind. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's no like, I am going to be a woman kind of thought. It's literally just look at me. <laughs> very simple. Very I want to shake your hand because you made it. It was amazing. It was a great time. It was a fucking crazy time. Yeah. yeah. Did you have low-rise jeans? No, no. That was after my time. Yeah. Yeah. When I was like that age, like 13, um, it was kind of grunge, you know, so everyone was wearing like really oversized stuff. It's interesting, those cycles, because it goes from like fully clothed in 900 layers plus chains yep. to like nothing. <laughs> to nothing. The yeah. tiniest little everything. Coin slots and fucking blah. Coin slots? <laughs> yeah. I haven't thought about coin slots forever. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. You knew what you were doing at that age to us, right? Nobody knows what they're doing. Okay. Nobody knows what they're doing. Oh, everyone man. thinks that everyone else knows what they're doing. Nobody knows what they're doing. Oh, it's some like real life all the time shit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows. Word. Do you want me to get to the news? Yeah. Okay. What do we have? At this we have a really fun. Uh, Rebel Gazette. Gee, of course it's about food. It's all we're oh, talking perfect. about. Um, this is actually from the New York Post. So I'm going to, you know, italicize this news story a little bit. Grain of salt. Grain. Uh, one grain. One. Okay. <laughs> One grain of salt. Uh, New York is weighing giving pizzerias and other eateries the okay to sell cannabis-infused food. Great. So New York state officials are weighing whether to allow pizzerias and other places. This is from Aaron Geidelman, a spokesperson for the State of Office of Cannabis Management. One more time. Aaron <laughs> Geidelman. A spokesman for the State Office of Cannabis Management confirmed that there have been discussions about awarding such licenses to food preparers, raising the possibility of offering such things as pesto pot pizza and pepperoni with a sweet weed sauce. So they're looking into it. Wow. We say that last pizza? Pepperoni with a sweet weed sauce. Wow. Yeah. Could be all Sounds right. Great. <laughs> yeah, like a sweet tomato sauce, a little bit of sugar. Balance out the acid. So that would be interesting. It would basically be giving the go-ahead for edibles lounges. Just off the bat, like that's been such an issue in California is like getting restaurants that serve weed um, open because of the licensing and stuff. So this would be basically doing that is what you're saying. Yeah, I think it goes a step further and it would allow places that are already established to also get a license to sell cannabis infused food. So it wouldn't Great. just be a restaurant or a speakeasy or a pop up that is like cannabis food. It's mm -hmm. the idea of like Joe's Pizzeria getting a license to also sell like a pot pie fucking great yeah right which would be well i mean jesus christ we talk about like destigmatizing normalizing dot 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 all the time on here and just the very idea that i could finally have a reason to go back to panera like how yeah. nice would that be and how nice to yeah to give small businesses the incentive to like welcome cannabis into the fucking community and then have like you know get more people access and everything too on that tip yeah okay. it would be really good and and uh i i will say it does make me jealous because California 
did all of this shit first Mm -hmm. and now none of it's fucking happening and now the (laughs) big apple is gonna do it all right and i'm gonna be mad jealous because my home state just couldn't fucking get it together yeah you're gonna have to spend some time in new york exactly that's (laughs) what i'm saying yeah like gotta go to new york because it sounds so rad right now i know i'm really excited for everything that's going on right there like you know it just seems like all of the good energy is flowing back that way you know all the good like people are hanging out there and doing cool new ventures and i think all of our friends who live out there are really excited they are you know like baked by the river our friends baked by the river they just got a license in new jersey really yep that's huge yep i just saw it on their instagram so congrats those guys congrats baked by the river yeah that's a really good instagram some really delicious food by some really cool people yep there's another place in here um it's an east village place called stoned pizza have you ever heard of it uh no. Okay, I'm gonna click the link because I'm always curious about. Oh, it's at. Uh, no, that'll. You're, that's gonna be a sponsorship. I'm not saying that. <laughs> uh, wow, they're very popular. Well, dang, that's the other reason to go to New York. Check out Stoned Pizza. Great. Not an ad. Just love to learn about people making delicious pies. <laughs> so that's the news this week. Fantastic. New York is on track to really kill it. Congratulations, New York. I'm excited to go and hang out there more and more. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. I um, I don't know after that like. It's a wild one. How's your brain? Bra- my brain is broken. Is I'm it? Like, yeah, I'm definitely like stoned. I can tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like all of your sentences are um, sometimes like usually they're commas, but right now they're periods. Yeah, for sure. It's making me think of that day when uh, you and Michael Walker and I made that cobbler and I ate more than I like I just overdosed myself a little bit. And then I had T-Rex arms <laughs> and every shot of, on video is me having T-Rex arms and just drinking water, which is what I feel like right now. Just drinking water? Yep. T-Rex <laughs> arms and drinking water. <laughs> well, we don't have to belabor everything. Let's get to Buds of the Week in our VIB, John. Let's do it. So do you want to go first or second for Buds? I'll go first. Okay. My Bud of the Week is Claw Money. Claw sent me um, her new bath bomb. It's right here. Everyone can check it out if you're looking at the video. And um, Claw was like one of our early guests on this podcast, and she's such a fucking icon and amazing person in the world and she's just always so connected and cool and i'm so glad she like sent me one of her new fucking bath bombs that's awesome. follow at claw money that's awesome my butt of the week this week is alfonso portella uh fonzie portella um is the instagram at fonzie portella and we met uh a while ago in sacramento at the punchline he was the host of that show and not only is he a mad funny comedian in Sacramento and San Francisco, but I found out he's also like a mad talented artist. Oh, wow. Right. And I could kind of see it because of his comedy. Like there's an artistic like way of thinking that I was like, I bet you can draw or something. I bet yeah. you like have some other skills in there that are really artistic. And he does. He's like really talented. I thought he did. I thought Alfonso was uh, could do calligraphy. Because somebody told me he could do calligraphy. Yeah. And he goes, no, I can do like fancy cursive, but that's about it. And I was like, that sounds like calligraphy to me, man. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Yeah. He's talking about like a thick downstroke and a strong upstroke. Yeah. What kind of pen nib are you using? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Come on, Alfonso. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) (laughs) So my butt of the week is comedian Alfonso Portella. Fantastic butt of the week. Yeah. That's fucking great. Now we get to our VIB. Our very important book. You got me baked with... His book, Baked, a memoir, sex, drugs, and alternative comedy, John Flynn. Yeah. I like John a lot. Yep. It was our first time hanging. Yep. And it felt so natural, so easy, so breezy. 
yep the sparkle is real yeah the energy was up he's so fucking funny this book is fantastic yeah and his cookies are delicious and his cookies are fucking delicious and they work (laughs) (laughs) do you want to sit for a second and just be like oh yeah how nice yeah cool there it is (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get to it um without further ado here is our interview with john flynn Well, we're going to start with the hard-hitting questions. Okay, let's do it. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Good. <laughs> Thanks for having me. No, yeah, I'm doing well. It's weird. I just have the, you know, I'm here because I have this book out and it's been like one of those things where like, I'm so excited. Like you guys do live shows a lot. You know how like you do a live show and afterwards you're like, oh, people were there. They liked it. This is like, uh, it's like people bought tickets to a show that I did that I wasn't there for is what it feels like. Yeah. When did it come out? It just came out earlier this month. It's called Baked, uh, semicolon sex, drugs, and alternative comedy. And for many years, I made my living selling pot cookies in New York City. And so it's just a memoir of that, of those experiences. And Can I read the of... first sentence on the back? You go right ahead. I know I'm not supposed to say this, but selling drugs is the best job in the world. <laughs> you get to make your own hours. You interact with lots of different people. And every time you show up somewhere, people get excited and give you money. I don't know any of this when I, I didn't know any of this when I started selling pot cookies. I became a drug dealer because I wanted to be Dazzle a hat. That is true. That is how this whole adventure started. Okay, let's go, John. What are we talking about? <laughs> so uh, this all started because I was in I was in New York City doing a lot of stuff at the Upright Citizens Brigade, the UCB. And I was doing, uh, the first show I did, there was a one-man show called Theme Park Superstars about the summer I worked at Hershey Park and the rock show. And so uh, very exciting. Right. And uh, the show ended with uh, the show that I did at the at the at Hershey Park ended in a Madonna medley. And so did my show as well. But in the at Hershey Park, my baseball cap was bedazzled. And the one that I got for the show at UCB wasn't. And so I was like, really, like, frustrated. I felt like I was letting the audience down. Like, this is this this hat should be bedazzled. It's a Madonna medley. You got to give it to the audience. And so my friend Jackie Clark, she and I were doing our shows together. She's like, oh, I have a bedazzler in my closet. And so like we had a party that was meant to be me bedazzling my hat. We ended up getting so high we didn't do it. But we watched the movie Showgirls with a bunch of friends of ours. And then from that night, we decided to write a Showgirls parody, which ran at the UCB for like a year. And so it was because of that. And so I started selling pot cookies to raise money to bring Showgirls to the San Francisco Sketch Fest. So that's how it all started. Wowzers. <laughs> That's Madonna, the first two chapters. Madonna listens. So this is like going to be great. That's oh my wild. God. Yes. Madonna, slide into my DMs, please. Did you have a good connection to get good weed to make your cookies with in New York? No, not when I started. But also like this was in the early 2000s. So it was still the time where it was just like weed. Like yeah. weed didn't have a name. It didn't have a category. It didn't have any of the like sativa indica was nothing. It was just like, here's weed. It's in this dirty sandwich, you know, like plastic sandwich bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want it or not? It right. Was just There's a little level. bit of mustard in the corner because yeah. there was a sandwich in it. <laughs> right, exactly. Whatever. But that'll uh, uh, knock off the cops and their dogs, yeah. <laughs> and then did you have to experiment a bunch? Did you have someone who taught you how to make the cookies? No, that was the other thing. I had someone had originally shown me this method that involved sauteing the, the weed in butter and water and freezing it. And then when it freezes, the water and the butter separate because they're different weights. And then you, once it's... A, so, like I like solid you're supposed to take it out and cut the butter from the ice but it was such a mess and it didn't always work and so I experimented with a ton of different ways like I talk about all the different ways that I tried I tried a bunch of different 
uh, the first people that I had, like when I was just buying weed, you know, before before I became professional, <laughs> they were like kind of rude and they like had still had like a pager and it always just felt like, ah, I want a better source. And so like I went hunting with a lot of different sources, which you think would be so much easier in New York than it was for me. But I also was living in Astoria and I didn't want to like have to travel to like Brooklyn or the Bronx mm-hmm. to get a good source. I yes. bought one of your pot cookies. You did? Oh my <laughs> fucking God. What? <laughs> That's a surprise. John. Okay. Yeah. What happened? What? Okay, so I'm looking here, and it just said, Ben Rogers once yep. said, everyone at the UCB theater has a story that begins with, so I had one of Jonathan's, John Flynn's pot cookies. Mm-hmm. Sorry to stop down No, no, story, no, please. But everything about my trip to New York just came rushing back. So do you remember <laughs> when I graduated college, and I took all my money from, uh, um, from like graduation parties, and I bought a train ticket to see Tool okay. in New York? Do you remember me telling yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Okay. And I um I knew I wanted to move to Chicago to okay. go to Second City, but I'd never done anything before. And I came to UCB Theater because it's so iconic. Right. And at like mid it was like a midnight a show. Midnight show, okay. At UCB Theater. Yeah. Not the long one. Not the long No, the one stage, in Chelsea. The, the one, one underneath Chelsea. in the basement of a grocery store. I lived across the street. From that one? Yeah, I lived at 25th and 7th. Wow. Yeah. Or 25th and 8th. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right across from the Gristides. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the basement of a Gristides. So we were all, we're all within a we're block all, of each yeah, other. Yeah, we were all, who knows? <laughs> oh, I might have told you God. cookies. You didn't even know. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So wait, sorry. So, so, so you're I going to see Tool. And, and I'm, I am I see Tool and I'm, I'm oh, spending wait. a couple extra days because it's my first time in New York. Sure. And uh, I go to see a midnight show. And it has to be you who said, like, I'm selling these cookies. However you said it was, like, very pleasing and very trusting. And I I was already (laughs) in love with weed at the time. Uh So I bought two of them from you in a bag. Right, right. They're in baggies. I ate two of them that night. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. No, I shouldn't have. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I told you at the time. But people don't listen. Um, I want to finish the story, but real quick, I speaking of, I brought some cookies that oh. I made using the recipe here for yes, you guys. Absolutely, if you want to have them. So I will say this: they usually take about an hour or so to kick in. Uh, some Ooh. people think they're very strong, so I would maybe recommend starting with just a half if you want. Okay, on pod. But, um, but we're also just sitting, so you probably won't f- hit you while we're here. But they I'll have smell too. Wow, I'm feeling just made this morning. Back really? Yes. <laughs> oh. mm. So, all right. So you did both those cookies mm-hmm. at Uh-oh. midnight. Mm-hmm. Okay. How was the show? Did you get lost? What sort of adventure did you go well, these on? These cookies are so good. Thank you. And they're not weedy at all. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Delicious. Thank you. There is a recipe on how to make these cookies in the book, too. Really? Right? I must yes. buy. <laughs> Baked. Ooh, they're buttery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all about the butter. Oh, wow. shit. Mm-hmm. They're already on my shirt. <laughs> okay. So I eat okay. them both. Mm-hmm. And I'm, um, I'm, I've watched the show. And then I start walking back to the place that I'm staying. What's up, Mark? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I just moved because I was chewing and I didn't want to be a jerk. Oh, oh we're okay, chewing. Yeah. This, this is an on-pod chewing. Oh, gotcha. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Go live. We, that goes on our OnlyFans, so we'll cut <laughs> oh, you in. Oh, God. Oh, you guys must make a fortune. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember it kicking all in at once, and I couldn't find the place that I was staying because oh, like no. my parents hooked me up with like a friend of the family for, and I remember I couldn't figure out they gave me two different keys to unlock the door mm-hmm. and I couldn't remember which key went into which lock and for what felt like an hour I was mm-hmm. locking and unlocking the deadbolt and the door because you know how sometimes you have to turn the doorknob key towards the door to actually yes. unlock it. Mm-hmm. That's and so think. I'm locking and unlocking it like a shitty safe cracker <laughs> trying to get in high out of my mind. And finally they just open the door and they look at me and they're like, 
oh man get in here and i just like got in i'm trying to chat with them like i'm cool it ain't no thing your cookies are fun man i had a great night in new york because you i cannot believe you're on this pod now that makes me so happy to hear that oh my god legend (laughs) oh my god amazing what's funny is i have a lot of people um, a lot of stories like that throughout the book like i I emailed a bunch of people who had had them been like hey i'm doing this book do you want to share your stories with me and so i have like about 20 stories throughout the book like that so if i ever do another volume please okay. <laughs> and i'll tell it better than just now it's okay yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll we'll, we'll work on it. we'll workshop a little bit but yeah cool yeah well because well, cool. you're, you're a director also yeah that's true yeah so yeah, about, yeah. hit me with any notes you got. Okay. Right? Are you trying to read the book on the podcast right now, Mike? Oh, I'm hot. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> They're much faster now. They really cook it. By the time you swallow, you're super high. Um, um, so please. that's great. So, but you overall had a good time in New York? Um, I loved it, but I think I'm more of an L.A. guy. I think for what my goals are and my my mm-hmm. vibe and my thing, right. um, the pace of New York, the times that I've like stayed there for like work and things for yeah. like a month or so, mm-hmm. at the end of that month, I was ready to come back to LA. Oh, I get it. I lived in New York for like 17 years and I've lived out here for like eight years. And I feel like every time I go back to New York, I'm sure this is everyone, like the first day or so, you're like, yeah, New York. It's like a, you know, it's like a Wednesday night and people are on the street and things are happening and it's great. And then after three days, you're just like, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm so exhausted. Like, it's just like, it's such a pump, like a, a hit of adrenaline. And then when you're not used to, like when you live there all the time, it's, it's sort of like if you always have four cups of coffee a day, you don't feel weird. Mm-hmm. But like when you don't have any coffee and then you have like two cups of coffee and you're out of your mind and then you're crashing. But yeah, like New York is like that. It's like you have to ride it or you have to just get in and out as fast as you can i feel so f- f- grateful that i moved to new york first and then came west because i don't know if i could move to i new couldn't york imagine being now in new york yeah at this time in my life like i spent 13 years there and yeah. then came here five years ago and um now when i go back i am exhausted yeah like, it's exhausting yeah. i also am so glad i lived in new york in my like 20s yep because I think that would be because you can be scrappy too. and starving and still have a wonderful time, right? Yeah, you're like you don't care parties. that you have no money, you don't care that you're like just buying a dollar slice of pizza and you're only sleeping for like three hours a night. And the subway runs twenty four hours and exactly. You'll you get home eventually. Be. You'll be yeah, fine. You'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Yep. We just spent three days camping at this comedy festival. Oh my god! I, it, that it that's the longest I've ever not showered, and I was beside myself. So I oh. can't even imagine like. Oh, you shower in New York. Yeah, but like I would go for seventy two hours, just like sweating on the subway from uh, place to place. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, no? I, d- I yeah. you get, especially Definitely. in the summer, you get used to that. Well, and especially when you're kind of like going hard all night, like going to you know any warehouse party or of anything, course, yeah. and then you go home as the sun comes up. I had one uh, experience where I was with friends in Dumbo, got on the F train at York Street. And then fell asleep and I woke up at the end of the F line in Jamaica. Yes. And oh, I woke totally up, done that. got back to go in the other direction and woke up at the other end. <laughs> and I <laughs> was like, keep, uh, only in New York. Yeah. <laughs> only in New yeah, York. Yeah, that's definitely happened. Yeah. I can't. I think I got really good, my body sort of at knowing when it was my subway stop. Because there were several times where I would like wake up at like two in the morning and we were pulling into my subway station. But I also like on my lap, there was like a cranberry juice and a black and white cookie that mm. I don't remember buying. But I was like, oh, thank you. You know, you know thank you, past self. And then like just... Yeah. So as a director, when you were in New York, were you doing uh, UCB and other stuff as well? Yeah, mostly. Like when I first moved to New York, I was more of like a musical theater person. And so I was doing a lot of musicals and stuff like that. And then I started doing more comedy stuff. And that brought me to UCB. Um, 
From where? Where were you before New York? Or always New York? Uh, I'm uh, from New Jersey, yeah. a small town called Red Bank, New Jersey, which you might have heard of because that's where like Kevin Smith is. And there's a great theater there. Yeah, yeah, the Count Basie. Yeah. Or did they change the name? I don't know. I just for know. a while, every building in Red Bank was named the Count Basie. Like he was like the most famous person, and apparently, like rumor had it that he like hated Red Bank and like couldn't wait to leave there. But they're like, "But here's your theater, and here's your bank, and here's your gymnasium, and all this stuff." We'll never let you go. Um, so I, New York was always like familiar to me. Like I, you know, I would cut school in high school and go up to New York and like see, see matinees of Broadway musicals and stuff like that. Awesome. But where are you? Like, what? It, what made you decide Chicago? St. Louis. I think. Oh, it's okay. That same New Jersey, New York situation. Oh, gotcha. Oh, you're from St. Louis. St. Louis, That's Chicago. Right. It's like right there. You know. Yeah. No, I did summer stock in St. Louis for one summer. It was a lot of fun. You liked it. I mean, for like three months just doing dumb musicals at the Robert G. Rhyme. Sure, yeah, it was okay, fine. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's your favorite musical to either? do or your dream one that Ooh, you haven't done yet that's tough uh i mean like one one of my favorite stage musicals i'm not crazy about the movie is dream girls there's no, really no part for me in dream girls um i've done chorus line six times wow. i wouldn't know say that's my favorite but it's the one i got i got, got cast in a lot it's been a while that's so um, cool. but how do you feel about like that sort of era of i feel like probably right when you moved to new york like the giant musicals were starting to happen right that's when lion king hit and yes. wicked and yeah Broadway i remember when really lion changed. king did hit yeah uh i was at the time waiting tables at a restaurant near the theater where lion king is so when they were in previews a lot of like the ensemble members would come and have lunch and Sometimes they would get a little drunk and I'd ask them like gossip. And initially the giraffe costumes, if you fell in them, you couldn't lift yourself up. So they would have to, they said almost every night after Circle of Life, they would just be like, a, like you, the stage manager would get on the mic and be like, pause for giraffes. Because like the stage manager would have to come on stage and remove the giraffes from the stage because the way the costume fit. I think they've been changed now, but like there was a lot of stuff like that. Of it's just so like... funny to picture them slowly <laughs> jagging a giraffe stage left. Right. Also, especially like that opening number is like so incredible and majestic if you get to see it and then it's just like beautiful and then it's like it's like you know big end of number and then you just hear hold and then you see people like drag a giraffe like so many children must have just been damaged permanently because of that oh my god one of my favorite things about broadway it's like the disasters that you hear about are oh, of unparalleled oh else. yeah like little mermaid were you in new york when that was i happening? didn't see little mermaid i saw spider-man oh have you heard about that or seen that? So many people were injured. So many people were injured. It yes. was nuts. That musical made no sense. You've heard about it. You look very surprised. I, I I've I don't know mermaid or spiders. Oh, okay, <laughs> Spider Man. You've heard of that character? Uh, yeah. They did a musical. Julie Tamar, who directed uh, uh, Lion King, she directed a Spider Man musical, and yep. it was nuts. It, it was, made no sense. The Green Goblin was just like a set piece, wasn't it? Initially, yeah, he was. <laughs> there was a number. She got fired halfway through it, and then they rewrote it. But I saw the original version, which was the version you had to see, because this is the version that was just like, "Oh, this is just unhinged People and crazy." Being, like, That's dropping what you want. from this. Yeah, and like you don't, like and... you don't want to see a version that's fine. Like you want to see like what is you know what I mean? Like you want to see like a terrible Reality movie TV. or a great movie, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want to see a competent movie. There was a number in Act Two called "Shoes," where it was just like all these lady spiders just did a number about how much they love shoes, and as spiders, they need four pairs of shoes each because they each have eight legs. Holy fuck. <laughs> like, there were like numbers like that in there. And oh, and the, the, it was written by you too. Bono and the Edge wrote the score. God. Oh, I, that I would like to hear because I'm not a major U2 fan, but I, uh, I've i been surprised a couple of times. Some of the songs are fun, but they weren't written for like a 
theater. You know, like songs and musicals, you have to understand the words. They kind of have to make sense because they're telling the story. And so there was some of that stuff was like, it definitely feels like you two. Like if I just played you a song right now, you'd be like, this is Bono. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but some of it's fun. You know, like, yeah, you're right. Like every so often they, they have a good one. Yeah. So there's a few like, okay, that's kind of cool number in there. I remember when the Little Mermaid review came out in the Village Voice by Michael Musto and he, uh -huh. he wrote, um, excuse all the typos because my eyes are still bleeding. <laughs> I did used to deliver to some people in Little Mermaid. There was a lot of Broadway people who I would deliver to because because at the time when I was doing this, I know this seems insane, but I didn't know of anyone else who was making and selling edibles in New York City. It was like before it was legal. Yeah. But even with that, it's like obviously like there's thousands of drug dealers, but I didn't know anyone who was consistently making baked goods or making edibles. Especially and, in the theater scene, right? Like, exactly. Well, like that's what happened is like, I mean, like one or two people. Yeah. Well, they also just like, as I said, like it protects the gift. Like you can get high, but you're not like ruining your voice. Mm. But apparently uh, someone told me that uh, Mary Poppins, the ensemble at intermission would all each have half a cookie. So that it would like kick in at the end of it. There was someone who was like an understudy at Shrek who said he had it timed in the show when he could have his cookie. So it would kick in when the show was over. He was on his way home. So there was like a lot of musical theater people. Like I would, there were a couple stage doors I would go to and there'd just be like a stage manager and I'd like sell them like 40 cookies at a time. And they would, I don't know how they would hand them out. Wow. Can we like, can we explore how you built this for yourself? Because like, <laughs> you know, it's one thing to like try a bunch of different recipes and then uh -huh. find the one that works and spend a little bit of money to sure. figure that out. But then like, I don't know, like, are do you have like a burner phone or is it all word of mouth through no, this community? No, it was all word of mouth. I started the first time I did it, like, to, as I said, to raise money to bring showgirls to the San Francisco Sketch Festival. I just intended it as like a one time thing. And we, uh, I sold them at like a holiday party, like at the UCB holiday party. Not sanctioned by the UCB. They don't sanction drug use, so don't go after them for that. Um, but unless, uh, you're, <laughs> unless you're Matt Besser and you do a yeah, whole yeah. album called Pot Comedy, and right, right, so right, on yeah. And so on and so on. yeah. But, um, but afterwards, a couple people were like, "Oh, hey, I told a friend of mine uh, about your cookies, and they want to try them." Or like someone else was like, "Oh, if you still have some, I'd like to buy some." And so then I was like. And I like just had a day where I just made a couple deliveries and I really loved it. Like it was so fun. Like that's the thing about what I, it sounds horrible, but like what I love about the job, which is like, as I said, like you go to, like I would travel all around the city all day, just like go to different offices or meet people in the park or like a Starbucks. And everyone was always like, yay, you're here. Like everyone's so happy to see you. Yeah. You have like five or 10 minute conversations with a bunch of people and it's all like really fun and nice. And there's like weirdly like. Sort of like I think happens with bartenders a lot too. It's like there's a little bit of psychology about it because there's this weird way where people do give you status. So there were a couple of times where I would like sit with people for like an hour and they'd be like, I don't know if I should go to grad school or I don't know about this or like just all this stuff. And I would just like try to be a good therapist for them, which yeah. I like enjoy doing. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I have yeah. no qualifications, but I do like enjoy like listening to people. And, you know, you just try to be like, well, here's what I think. you Here's what it sounds like you want to do. Like that's sort of what I would try to do. Um, it sounds but, like the sort of like the high maintenance. The, yes, like that it was very much vibe. that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Totally that. Um, but it was all word of mouth. So it initially was mostly through UCB because that was where I first started selling them. But then, you know, friends of friends. And I would say after the first year, I did it for about three and a half years. After the first year was when I really started getting a lot of people that I didn't know. Oh, but to answer your question, I didn't start with a burner phone. I didn't have a fake name. I didn't come up with any code words. I just sort of like stumbled into it. So I didn't do any of those things I should have done. So like you know, people just texted me and it was my name and it was my phone number and it was all this. And so it just sort of built that way. And I just got fortunate and that it grew enough that I was like, oh, I can just do this and like whatever other nonsense, you know, like hustling nonsense I'm doing. Heck, And this yes. is enough. And it's such a great job. <laughs> I mean, it's the perfect, you're your own boss. What is, uh, how did you figure out the structure for this book? Because there's like, 
there's a lot of like anecdotes, 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 anecdotes. Yes. If you're, if you have a sickness and you read this book, you get to be an anecdote. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was mostly just, uh, I don't know. I didn't have like a a thing going in. I just sort of like was writing the stories and sort of assembled them and started to like move them like you kind of do with like cards and just sort of like, okay, this story works to after this. I mean, most of it's pretty chronological. Yeah. I just love like, I mean, there's some people's names in here. Just buy the books because you'll be like, whoa, really? Oh, shit. (laughs) Like, um, I'm, I'm very excited to read this. Also. Like the very idea that on the back of it you have Lennon Parham and Jeff Hiller. If, uh, what's the new show with uh, what's her name, Bridget? Yeah, some someone oh, somewhere. Oh, somebody. Uh, yeah, somebody that's somewhere? amazing. Have you seen that? It's so good. It's so good. And it's Jeff incredible. is incredible. Jeff was my roommate during a lot of this time. Jeff no Hiller. Way. Wow. Yeah, and it was funny. I would be texting, watching the show. He's so good on the show. But there's so many times I was like, I feel like he and I had that conversation. You know what I mean? Like he's so grounded and so real. And I'm not, I'm in no way suggesting like they stole this conversation we had for their <laughs> show. But I was like, but watching it, I was like, this feels like hanging out with Jeff. You know, like I've had these moments and it's, uh, that show is so incredible. I uh, love that show so I'm much. I'm so excited that they have season two. I know. Too. Yeah. That's great. And uh, you can get at us for that. <laughs> Just feel free to reach out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> love to show up. Right. Yep. Love to be part. Have, All have, what are those? Do you have those wild cookie tales? Like for me, that night where I couldn't figure out how to unlock a door because your cookies rock so much <laughs> is like kind of a wild tale for me. Like when you were testing them for yourself or like when you were giving them to anyone, did ever anyone come back to you and be like, uh, oh, people have tons of stories of like either. So, because so many people, I would, you know, as I said to you guys, like a lot of people think they're strong. Just start with a half. I can't tell you how many times people are like, uh, I think I can handle my uh, my wee cookie. And I'm like, yeah. okay. All right. <laughs> um, so there was a lot of uh, either, oh my God, like, because also the thing with edibles, and this is, I feel like now people know more, whereas I feel like back then, maybe it's because it was New York, people would like have something after 20 minutes, be like, I'm not feeling anything. I'm eating more. Even though of like, oh no, it takes a while. You, like, you have to do something. So, um, but yeah, one story was I had this one guy who was a drummer and he would always buy like he bought like 20 cookies a week and he had a roommate who I never met. And I guess his roommate didn't know that he had pot cookies. Mm. So one night, I think it was over Thanksgiving, he said, because the guy who I sold them to was not there. His roommate had gotten high and got the munchies, didn't have anything in the apartment. He opens up the refrigerator and sees this Tupperware full of cookies. Delicious. So he eats seven of them. Awesome. And apparently he went to work the next day and... Like would he was a manager at a restaurant and would like just start going up to tables and start talking to them or like walk away in the middle of talking to people. He started speaking to them in Japanese. He was Japanese. It's not like if you eat some of these cookies, you can speak Japanese. But um, until finally, the other workers at his restaurant called his parents who lived three states away to come pick him up because this guy because that's the thing, too. Of like, if you don't know that this is what's happening to you, you think you're going insane. Yeah. And that yeah. makes perfect sense. <laughs> just be like, I'm losing my mind. Um, so like he was like out of state for three days and then like he came back a week later and he told his room what happened. He's like, those have weed in them. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. awesome amounts of weed. Don't eat yeah, someone insane else's cookies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't eat cookies that don't belong to you. Yeah. Even if it's your roommate. That's the I guess lesson. is the, the yeah, it's one of those things where, like I sort of feel bad, but I kind of don't feel bad. <laughs> well, Did you ever I was like, you've got a story out of it. You're welcome. Did you ever have an experience when you were doing R and D for your own cookies where you like just Yes, one time that happened because I I had a cookie and I was like, oh, all I had to do that day, there's a gym that was like two blocks from my apartment in Astoria. And I was like, all I have to do in the gym today is like 20 minutes on the treadmill. So I was like, I'll eat this cookie. I'll walk, you know, 10 minutes to the gym, do my 20 minutes on the treadmill, walk 10 minutes home, get in the shower. And then while I'm in the shower, it'll be kicking in. It'll be perfect. And I'll have that post. I've just worked out glow and this and that. 
because they are like metabolism based, like edibles, I got on the treadmill and after three minutes, I was so high and terrified. <laughs> I was afraid that if I hit the stop thing, I would like slam into it. And I was afraid if I like tried to jump off, I would hurt myself. So it like literally took five minutes of me slowly de-escalating the treadmill <laughs> until I finally like could jump off and go home. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome too, because I am planning to go do Runyon after this and now okay. I am prepared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. If you If you do want any edible to kick in faster, just do something like cardiovascular because it'll like get your metabolism going oh that's so wild hot tips <laughs> <laughs> um what about your podcast oh yeah so i do a podcast it's called tool queens i co-host it with mark rennie and uh we uh guests come on and they bring a movie and we use a complex and byzantine scoring system to figure out how gay it is mm -hmm. uh it's very important very scientific uh very uh vital podcast that we're bringing out to the world but yeah you can anywhere anywhere you listen to this podcast you can listen to that it's a lot of fun and you're in search of the ultimate the gayest movie ever made ever have you do you feel like you've gotten close the right now the number one we've done i think 150 or so wow. the number one is female trouble john waters wow that's gonna be a hard one to outdo yeah it, I don't, I've never heard of it, but You've I never do heard know of John it? Waters as a, I mean, I, yeah, I've never heard of it. Okay. I would definitely, I would think like Pink Flamingos is his most famous one. Mm -hmm. I would say um, Female Trouble is probably like his second biggest one. I mean, it's like Hairspray, obviously like that's like super commercial and popular, but I would say like Pink Flamingos and Female Trouble are like the most like, to me, like the most iconic, like pure John Waters. You might have heard of it because the, the female trouble is famous for uh, Divine plays this high school student and her parents. She wants cha-cha heels for Christmas and they don't give them to her. And so she like, 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 like uh, wrestles with her parents. The Christmas tree like lights. It's like insane. Like it's completely <sighs> insane and a totally unhinged, great uh, Divine and John Waters movie. I would definitely check that out if you haven't seen that. Do you know what is at the other end currently? What is the right least? now? I think the lowest is a tie. I think between Kramer versus Kramer and Goodwill <laughs> Hunting. I believe are the two least gay movies people have brought in so far. Fantastic. <laughs> Which feels right. And both of those cases, when people brought them in, we were like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Kramer versus Kramer. Cool. Uh, I, the don't... divorce drama? Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. That's what you're not in. Not, no, not Kramer versus Kramer, the musical. Yeah. <laughs> Kramer versus Kramer. The action adventure. No. Wow. I thought you meant um, when Michael Kramer was on stage at the Laugh Factory yelling the. Uh, and oh, yeah. no, that one's no. not very gay either. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty no. low on that pole. Here, <laughs> yeah, 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 it doesn't yeah. do too well. I can feel these cookies already. I'm pretty sensitive to oh, this really? stuff. Okay. And I uh, feel great. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. I'm yeah. so happy to hear that. Thank you. It's awesome. <laughs> like, my, my skin is feeling nice. Oh, good. Yeah. that's It's good for, it's good for skincare. Edibles. Mm -hmm. How How has your life with weed and your relationship with weed changed since you moved to LA? Is it like, are you still making? I mean, oh, I don't know. I stopped making cookies before I left. Uh, that must have been so upsetting for so many people. I'm sure <laughs> it was devastated. Um, it was tough. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't, I go in and out of it. I mean, it's so different because people have asked me like, oh, California, it's legal. Do you want to sell them now? And part of me is like, I would probably get shut down for like health code violations. You know what I mean? Like my kitchen was fine, but it wasn't, you know, if someone came in testing for stuff. So I don't know. I, uh, I just, uh, I bake occasionally. I don't bake all that much. I baked a lot for the book to just, just make sure the recipe was still working and I got it all right. Yeah. But, what, what made you want to write this book? I don't know. It was just something that I did that I just knew was. It was such a fun experience. There was so, so much unique about it. And people just seemed to like hearing me talk about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like people would ask questions about it. 
Uh, and so it just felt like... Uh, and it's time. Yeah. What, yeah. I mean, it's such a weird time in history right now. I mean, weed's legal in your home state. That's true. Like, I you know. Can, you can go to... <laughs> a hometown boy makes good. Recreational yeah. <laughs> shop in New Jersey. And yeah, mm-hmm. we were just talking about weed, uh, about weed, about 420 in New York. Right, of and course. It's like, yeah, it's happening on the East Coast. It's great. Yes. Could we try and set a stage for sure. what UCB was at that time when you were there because we were talking about it a little bit before the podcast and to me that is like such a as a as a comedy nerd first and Uh foremost um that time in new york that you were there with ucb creating Uh shows being in shows the friends that you have today right um like you're a part of like a really important history to me to be honest it was an insane time and it is sort of crazy to think about it looking back on it just like the number of people who were there and who came through there and like what was it but i mean like when i was there as you said like that showgirl show that i did it starred lennon parham and jeff hiller and uh casey wilson was in it uh too who else did eugene cordero um other people who were around at the time, like John Gabris, Aubrey Plaza, Kate McKinnon, uh, Donald Glover. Um, like you could do this for hours. Yeah. Um, were, were you also creating anything you wanted on those stages? Because I feel like, you know. More or less. Yeah. I mean, it was sort of, like there was improv. I mean, it was somewhat comedy based. But yeah, I mean, like you could. There's mostly improv and sketch, but people did all kinds of weird shows. I did like I was never on like one of the improv house teams or anything like that. I just mostly did uh, like solo shows and like storytelling and stuff like that. But you're right. It was this really crazy crazy time where it felt like anything could happen to anyone like every and that's the other thing too it was like yes those are big names but also like every commercial had someone you knew in it everyone you know like tv shows were starting to get people like uh, ellie kemper and zach woods that got on the office and like uh, abby and alana sold um uh, broad city broad city yeah it was just like an insane number amount of people who were so talented like why did all of these talented people show up at this one basement for these couple years it sort of doesn't make sense and it's insane you're right it is such a it was a weird exciting fun time because it really felt like anything was possible yeah especially being at second city at that time where Uh you are i wasn't but like all of my friends and people i really looked up to were performing for tourists you know they're doing these like 90 minute long sketch comedy character driven two-person group game mm-hmm. kind of like not middle like certainly edgy but we always heard about what was going on in new york and it's like somebody was wearing a diaper on stage and then what happened <laughs> you know what i mean it yeah was like, there wow. was a lot of crazy stuff yeah there was no i always wanted because there was no second city in new york and there was no ucb in chicago yeah did you ever do those midnight shows that no phones allowed uh, I don't. I think when I was doing them, the no phones allowed thing was not an issue because okay. there were no phones. <laughs> yeah, like people didn't have. Yeah. People, yeah, I mean, like there was a show. I wonder what show you saw, like Dirtiest Sketch Show. Did you, yeah, you yeah, saw yeah. that one. That was one I I did a couple times. I also like hosted, and but that was just like yeah, people doing crazy stuff. There was a guy once who shaved his pubes on stage, and I think fucked himself with a plunger with peanut butter like there was crazy yeah. weird unhinged stuff that we were just like it's alternative comedy <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking wild yeah weird way to I, I wonder what his train ride back home was with all of those props in his bag oh and I, that think that guy's, in his I think that guy's uh, calling a cab yeah <laughs> You're like, I've got a budget for a cab if I'm putting a plunger with peanut butter in my ass tonight. I can't risk, maybe I don't get a seat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're standing and it's just pushing. Maybe oh, it's yeah. like, it smells really bad. Yeah, you don't want to, you don't, yeah, that's what, what, is, what I would do. 
If I, if I were to put something in my ass, I would budget to have a cab later. Definitely. I love that. So prepare prepare for these edibles to kick in. And if you're going to have peanut butter in your butt, call a cab. Yeah, call a cab. Just have a... Please. Yeah, yeah. Do us all a favor. <laughs> um, what's our, was that one of the things that you were most proud of at your time, like during your time in New York with those musicals? That you were that you were creating with your friends? Oh no, those that no, that was just like I was doing like I was like going off to St. Louis to do Chorus Line and yeah. State Fair. And that was fun. Like I really liked that and I liked that camaraderie, but it got to a point where I was just sort of bored and like the stuff like I was just doing ensemble stuff and it's like after a while you're just like, okay, this is I don't want to do this. I want to like say something or do something, or like I have funny thoughts, I think. And so I started doing that, and that's what led me to UCB. That's awesome. It took me a really long time. We were just talking about this. Mary Jane just started doing stand-up because I awesome. do stand-up comedy. Uh-huh. And the idea of like writing for yourself and then doing it yourself um, uh-huh. is a... It's hard for me to focus on myself and want to do those things. I, 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 I want to like give other people the shine mm-hmm. more than I want to like oh, sure. do it. So I really needed to find something like stand-up to write for my own <laughs> shit. You know? Right, right, right. You yeah. don't need to make anyone else look good. Yeah, right. it's, it's a weird feeling because I went to theater school and you know, uh-huh. when I was living in New York, I was doing the- like weird downtown theater, but oh, not, sure, yeah, not yeah. comedy uh, necessarily. I mean, I was, you know, I would do <laughs> I mean, anything anyone It was paid. hilarious, it, but well, it was I mean, not. There was some <laughs> stuff when be, I was sure. like, yeah, the one where I was wearing a bunny hat and I was getting fucked from behind. It was, you know. Sure, sure, sure. You're making a statement. Mm-hmm. You wore a bunny hat and got fucked from behind? Yep. It was a play called White Hot at the Soho Rep. Uh, okay, sure. 2007 or 8, I think. But Pre or post plunger, I wonder. I wonder who was in who's oh, Right around right. the same time, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Parallel thinking. Yeah. No one stole it from anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's been, a, it's been an interesting experience to like move to LA and, you know, I mean, so many of my friends, uh, are in comedy and, you know, we're in New York too. Like sure. I was, did you know the story pirates and that whole crowd? Like oh yeah. Chris I knew Michelle those people. Yeah. Yeah. Reggie yeah. Reggie Watts and those guys. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Reggie Watts. Yes, yeah. Reggie Watts. <laughs> yeah. So I was, um, you know, kind of making stuff with, you know, that not with Chris and Shaw, but like, with, uh-huh. you know, that those were my funny f- friends that oh, I was great. looking to, to yeah. make cool stuff with. And then I moved to LA and I sort of thought, oh, now I have a, like a cool new opportunity to like make some new uh-huh. friends and do, do new you like things. it but i'm not i'm not a stand-up and so i've just done it for the first time and uh, what did you think did you like it i liked it i okay. really did all right i really did yeah that's great it was it was have you ever thought of doing something like the moth because i also teach storytelling i do storytelling a lot i know a lot of people a lot of times when people take my class they're like i want to do stand-up but i want to do something that seems friendlier and nicer first mm-hmm. yeah and and so they like try storytelling and they are basically the same thing i think the two different art forms yeah really i think the only difference is in stand-up the audience is expecting a joke all the time where in storytelling we're like we can listen to some interesting introspective thoughts but like the way you deal with the audience is exactly the same like you're standing mm-hmm. you're not pretending they're not there or you're somewhere else you're, you're just like oh i'm just talking to you so in that way they're very similar yeah that's interesting because story Storytelling is very intimidating to me. Oh, really? It is because I don't know that I'm able to hold an audience's without being funny. You know what I mean? Like, well, you my, can still I, be funny. <laughs> I'd love to be, but I but I think like I think of um, some friends of Mary Jane's from New York that she's introduced to, like monologists and people uh-huh. who can like like the structure and the craft and the way that you can like turn a, a, right, a right, story right. is like really intimidating to me. I get, I get to like, cause with storytelling, there's something like with stand up, which I've done too, where like, if you're not liking my jokes on relationships, I can pivot to something else. But if I'm like telling you this story, I'm like, you don't seem to be into this story. I can't really pivot to another story or like, I just start I mean? apologizing. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are sort of differences, but most stand ups, I think, especially once you're doing more than like 10 or 15 minutes are bringing storytelling into their sets. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's in like 30 second bursts. Right. Yeah. Sure. 
Yeah. Like, do you have you? What's his name? <laughs> Mike Daisy. Yes. Oh Is yeah. That who you think of? Yeah. yeah. He's a friend mm-hmm. of mine. A friend, you know Mike Daisy? A friend of the pod. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Jesus Christ! That's a. Do- I mean, Mike is singular in the, in what he very singular in what yeah, he does. There aren't I, many people who do what he does because it's extemporaneous with just like he has a structure in his head, but then it's not a rehearsed story like um, uh-huh. someone you know. Or he's not reading anything. He's not like doing like a one person. I mean, he is doing one person shows, mm-hmm. but it's not like a scripted show where like someone else could take this script right and go off and do it exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think I have seen him perform, and I think he's more of like the Spalding Gray model where it's like yep. he has an outline and he had like Spalding Gray had a very specific aesthetic of like the table, the microphone, the water, and then the notebook. Mm-hmm. And he would refer to the notebook and have stuff that would, but it wasn't a, here's a set script. Mm-hmm. Which, how did you write this? Did you walk around and say it out loud and record it? Or did you sit down every day, <laughs> smoke a bowl and get to type in? Like, no, it was a little bit of, I had sort of kept, while I was doing it, a lot of times I was like, oh, this is, I knew that there was something to this like this is a unique world that not a lot of people knew about or like when i would meet people and they would find this out about me whether it's because i was selling them drugs or just met them socially that people just had so many questions so i took a lot of notes um and then no i did it but i'm not someone who um i like to handwrite Ooh yeah. yeah i like handwriting a lot i will handwrite then type it and then print it out and then hand edit the the printed out version pen it's how pencil. i like to do it i do pen usually but legal I don't, pad uh no Paper, no, printed, printer printed paper. Printed out on printer mm-hmm. paper, yeah. Okay. I'm just always curious. Are you lefty? I am. Same. Yeah, you're, yeah. As you're oh, right, I'm telling you, as I'm telling you, I'm using my left hand. Yeah, I, yeah, I just yeah. love, I'm always interested in people's techniques. Yeah, I find that better. For, for some reason, writing on my laptop doesn't work as well for me. It feels disconnected somehow. Yeah. Whereas like by using your hand to write it, for some reason to me, feels more focused or keeps me. You're getting your brain yeah. onto the paper. Yeah, it's like you have to do extra things to make it work, I guess. I don't know. Damn. Ah. I uh, I know we have to wrap up, but uh, before we do, is there any chapter or anything that comes to mind within the book that we haven't touched on that you're like, people, if if you're going to read this book, this oh, is the do you know what? This might be the chapter that you really love too, because you did theater. I, at, during the time, was in an original musical about figure skating that starred Oksana Bayul. Oh, my God. And the entire stage was turned into an ice skating rink. So that's a chapter in the book that is pretty bananas. Were you on skates? I was not on skates because I played one of the reporters, but everyone else, all the characters in it had two different actors. So there was the skating actor and then the actor who sang and did the scenes. Oh my and God. The, but the whole thing was on ice. Where? Um, on Long Island, the theater on Long Island. And people got hurt all the time. Like it was like <laughs> Spider-Man levels because they didn't have enough like ice shoes is what they're called, which are like weird rubber things you put around shoes that make them cleats. So they would just help because like, there were scenes on ice. You know, it wasn't just the figure skating. So people would have to go on stage and try to not move at all, but also like do a scene. And so, yeah, it was it was bananas. I could literally clenching. talk about that for three hours, that musical. The, it was nuts. It sounds legendary. It's like, <laughs> I can only imagine the butt clenching of the like trying to use your like your whole body to right, stay right. perfectly to, still so you're right, not wiping out. <laughs> so I'm not, but I also need to be in the moment and I need to act and like be this character. Oh but God. yeah, it was nuts. It sounds like a fiasco. It was. It was. How, you long, correct. how long did it run for? It ran for the time it was supposed to run. Okay. So it was supposed to run. Well, initially it was announced for five weeks, but they secretly had two more weeks. Um, was it Union? It, it was mostly Union. Yeah, there were some. It was one of those like regional theaters where like there's a few non-equity contracts, but it was mostly Union. I can't believe they got away with that. It it was it was truly crazy. Wow, wow! But everyone got their weeks. Everyone got paid. Everyone, everyone got paid. Everything's fine. No one, no one actually got hurt. Well, yeah. and Oksana was she? She was very nice. I didn't. Uh, 
deal with her that much. She never did any drugs, I should say that. She was very nice, very professional. There's something uh, interesting and funny about her is, you know, she's she's used to being the center of attention. And I don't say this in a mean way, but like after, you know, like when you're doing a show, like you have to give notes to other people and, you know, other things need attention. If she got really bored, she liked to get naked. Wow. She would literally like strip down completely naked and like skate around on the rink. Uh, she would one time giving notes. She just like dropped on all fours and pretended she was like a dog pissing on people. It was just one of those things where, like, and you were always just like, oh, Oksana, you delightful little imp. Um, <laughs> but she was very nice, but just like kooky, you know, just but also like she won an Olympic gold medal when she was 16 years old. Like, yeah, you're yeah. you're screwed for life. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> that happens you've to been you. trained to do that since you were <laughs> yeah. two. Right. And also it's like, oh, that thing you've trained your whole life to do. Uh, we don't really need you to do that anymore. Good luck with your life. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> wow. Fade into obscurity now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wild. Well, it sounds like my door lock story isn't going to make it into the second <laughs> volume after that. <laughs> we'll still work on it. We'll still work on it. <laughs> We've got more memories to make. Maybe you can make one today. Yeah. Oh, that's right. With these cookies. These are awesome. In Runyon. Thank Wonderful. you so much. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Where can everyone find your book? Oh, yeah. So you can either get it on Amazon. Again, it's called Baked uh, Sex, Drugs, and Alternative Comedy. Or if you want an autographed copy, you can go to my website, which is just Johnson Comedian. It's $5 more. Uh, because we have to sell more if we don't sell on Amazon. But that extra $5 or any more if you want to donate goes to the Last Prisoner Project, which is a nonprofit that uh, exists to help overturn um, uh, drug convictions. So yeah. any if you want an autograph copy, all the extra money is going to that. That's wonderful. So that's, yeah, John Flynn Comedian. Or if you just want a regular copy, you go to Amazon. Either way, win-win. Yeah, exactly. Everybody wins. And people can follow you online at... Oh, yes. On Twitter, I'm jfly99. And on Instagram, I'm john underscore flynn99, I think. I don't know. Go to jfly99 and you'll find it. Uh, (laughs) There'll be links to that. Or you can check out my uh, podcast, Two of Queens. It comes out every Wednesday and there's also Patreon, but it's a lot of fun. A lot of great comedians and people on it. You guys will have you on it soon. That'll be so much fun. Can I wait? Yeah. I already got the movie. Oh, really? No, you don't. I'm going to fight you. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, right. cool. Very excited. And get this book also because the recipe is in here and I feel awesome right now. <laughs> yes. And these are delicious. So thank you so much. I have much. this horrible uh, now vision of you like coming in and be like, hey, it's an hour later. Do not buy this book. <laughs> this cookie has turned on me. I'm speaking Japanese to you right now. <laughs> And you can follow us at Weed and Grub on Instagram. WG at WeedandGrub.com is our email. Slide into our DMs. Email us. Leave us a five-star review. Leave John a five-star review on his podcast. Bump us up in the algorithm. And uh, Mary Jane, how's your sparkle? Great. You're talking real fast. So I'm, I think we're, we're both <laughs> the feeling sugar really and the good. Cookies. Oh, am yeah. I talking fast? You are so amped and it's awesome. I also talk fast. So yeah. I think that might be it. I I do feed off energy. Yeah. I'm, I'm very open and interesting. Um... <laughs> wow, I'll keep talking about that. <laughs> Say more. No, 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 no. Oh, we're bringing it home? Yeah, I'm going to shut it down. No, I feel really good. My sparkle is, yeah. my my. uh, I can tell when the space between my cheekbone and my eyebrow feels tight. Okay. You know? That's that's how I feel. (laughs) We're going to re-record this. I'll slow down. Yeah. (laughs) You might want to listen. This might be the one podcast you want to listen to on half speed. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, also, thank you to Mark. Thank you to Top Tree Studios. Uh, this has been an absolute delight. Yeah. Please come so back anytime. Oh, Please. I would love to. Anytime. Of course. The spread. Are you kidding? All the time. Bye, everyone. Bye.